I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. Hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast. We love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love you so much. Guess what, everyone? We just filmed our online four-week erotic empowerment series. This one is geared towards female-identified folks. It's not out yet, but I just want to let you know, put that on your radar. It's going to be online, and you have the ability to work with us in an online four-week series to up your erotic game. So look out for that. Super exciting. It's basically like we the podcast is 101. This is like... The 201, 301, 401. So you're getting like advanced in empowerment. Well, and there's videos, there's live calls, and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Very in depth. We'll have more info for you, but check it out because Super yes, it's almost ready. So this podcast, we're going to go into in a minute. We have a couple of announcements, but it's on, I don't even know what we're titling it yet, but sex and when pregnancy, sex and birth, and then sex after pregnancy and birth. Um, and with a really awesome woman who's a tantrica and a doula and she blew my mind. Uh, yeah, yeah, some light bulbs went off. Yeah. For me too, for you a couple times as well. Yeah, Fa- fascinating, fascinating information. Stuff. So stay tuned. You'll enjoy it. What? And if, even if you're not a mother right now or a parent um, or a person that you know doesn't have kids yet but maybe thinks that could go that way someday, um, tune in because there's some really juicy, excellent information for you. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned but first can i tell you something that's really cool tell me something that's really cool so we always talk about margins wine wait i want to sing tell me something good okay anyways margins wine um (laughs) so actually megan who is the margins wine um maker she's wonderful uh has been so kind to offer a discount on some bottles if you are buying bottles and she's never done this before and was like it's boutique wine folks so it's beautiful. The cost is, you know, it's um, around between 19 to 25 bucks and um, it's reasonably priced for the for the quality. But if you use the code SHAMELESSSEX10 on her website, which is marginsy.com, you'll get 10% off when you buy three bottles or more. Ooh. But if you buy six bottles, which is a half of a case, you'll get 15% and just use the code SHAMELESSSEX15. Um, I'm probably going to do that because I absolutely love it. And she's going to have some new releases. She's bottling this month and Ooh. she'll have some new releases next month. We drink it almost every single show now that I'm back on the wagon. Yeah, she's back, everyone. I'm back on the wagon. Yeah, we love it. It's good. So check it out. She um, Just a, a recap because we are wine lovers. We do value the art of making wine, but... Her wine is um, taking underdeveloped varietals of grapes and producing from underdeveloped and uh, represented regions and turning them into beautifully made wines. So check it out, marginswine.com, and use those codes when you want to buy wine. Why not? Save some money. Why Why not? not? (laughs) (laughs) We had to do it. I know. Sorry. I have another announcement. Yeah. Everyone who lives in San Francisco, Oakland, Bay Area folks, and you love Shameless Sex, uh, April and I are teaching a workshop at the Center SF. I really wanted to say that 
uh, Tupac lyric, like what? when he's like East Bay. I don't remember, but yeah, Let's say that again though. Um, no, I can't but remember. It's not the just East Bay. And no, it's all the bays. Hey, all the bay. All the bay. All the bay. I don't Oakland know. Represent maybe in the house. Maybe you're in Sacramento and you want to come. This yeah. is a good, a good excuse to make a like I have a city night. Go out in the city. Right. We're going to be there yes. in the flesh. So we are teaching Thursday, August second, from seven thirty to nine thirty p.m. at the Center SF. And we are teaching our our erotic superstar workshop. Uh, we've taught it at various festivals, and it will be different from the ones that we've taught at festivals too. Uh, but April and I will be there in the flesh teaching a live workshop. So if you want to learn more, I'm going to cough, but maybe not. Go to Eventbrite and search. You can search Shameless Sex. You can search the Center SF. You can go to the Center SF's website as well, um, although you always buy tickets through Eventbrite. And the Center SF is in San Francisco on Fillmore Street, um, we recommend getting tickets ahead of time. It's twenty dollars advance, twenty five at the door, and um, that's a deal. It's it's a deal and a steal. So we hope to see you there. It's going to be super fun, and you can get you can learn and connect with us in in the flesh live on Thursday, August second, from seven thirty to nine thirty p.m. Hope to see you there. And a lot of times when you pre- when you're present at these workshops, you kind of retain more information. Oh yeah, because you're actually there. You're present. You're in the moment. Your cell phone's not ringing. Your kids aren't screaming. So mm-hmm. check us out yeah and you can learn more if you look up online again go to eventbrite and look up shameless sex or you can look up shameless sex presents erotic superstar or the center sf to learn more about the workshop check us out check it okay everyone i'm gonna play you some sounds um is this for me or everyone all well you're you and everyone are all together okay like you i thought you were playing them for me and then i was gonna have to i'm gonna play them for you and for everyone okay so we talk about this in the end of the podcast because we've already recorded this podcast about how we have uh, a clip of a birth and we have a clip of an actual orgasm and um i think that they're actually you're gonna you're totally gonna know which one is which and we just want to kind of uh identify or point out the fact that they're very similar the sounds that are coming but do you want me to guess can we turn this into a fun project yes I want you to okay, guess. I'm not going to look. What is which was which first? And I'm okay. just putting my mic up to the speaker, so okay. it's not going to sound that phenomenal. So you're going to play it for a couple seconds, and I'm going to guess. You ready? Yes. <laughs> that was me last night having an orgasm. <laughs> That was April last night having an orgasm. That's April's answer. <laughs> okay. All right. Could be some tantric orgasm. Oh my god, that was I don't yeah. Or it could be someone having a baby. Yeah. So you think it's that one's more? But I've never heard really a lot of people having because usually they're screaming. I mean, I think the first one's pretty obviously an orgasm. Ah. Yeah, but the second one still sounds. I mean, the same noise of the ooh. (sighs) Yeah, there's all the noises. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. And so, anyways, we want to highlight. It's like she, she. that person should have been like shameless sex. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Oh my gosh! While they're orgasming, that was good. Shameless sex. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Um, so, so was I. So was I right? Yes, you're right. The first one's orgasm. Second one was uh, birth. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. So birthing can be like an orgasm. Well, and we talk about that in the podcast. There's orgasmic birth, and then there's also just the idea that sex or sexuality and being sexual and pregnancy and birth are separate things right. and we talk a lot about how they're not and that's why we wanted to play this clip because it kind of highlights the fact that they sound so similar they're connected there's some 
really juicy, juicy, really delicious information in here. So y'all get ready to have your minds blown up. Minds blown. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Yeah. So stay tuned. Uh, and uh, yeah, enjoy this episode. Are you ready, Chip? Are you ready? I'm so listo. Let's do it. All right, everyone, it is time for what we have promised this wonderful episode on sex, pregnancy, um, and sex after birth as well. Which is super important because Mm -hmm. a lot of folks are having kids and they want to have sex after those kids come out. Well, and we have a lot of listeners that are um, also mommies. Yeah, a lot of listeners. Maybe some daddies. Your sex life isn't dead after children or 60, that's what I've heard. It's never dead. Ever. Disco's dead, but sex is not. Don't say that about disco. Disco's dead. Okay, anyways, we're going to read a little bio about our guest speaker, and then we will dive in. So, Ashley is a mother, doula, apprentice, midwife, and sex coach who has been helping to guide women through the transformation from maiden to mother since she became a mother in 2013. She is a tantrika who loves coaching women into their own sensual sovereignty. God, I'm so bad at this word. Sovereignty. 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 Damn. Anyways. Thanks, Chip. Uh, Through the path of pleasure and is passionate about helping women reclaim their pelvic floor and core strength postpartum. You can find out more information about coaching with Ashley, taking a workshop, or reading more about her work on her website, ashleyshakti.com. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-H-A-K-T-I.com. Welcome, Ashley. Welcome, Ashley. Hi. Hi. MPS, she's super cute, beautiful, good she, energy, oh, too. She's kind of cute. I'm amazing. so happy to be here. Yeah, Hi. she's in the flesh, so yeah. we get to yes. feel all the she's vibes. She's real life. Another flesh. magical yeah. Santa Cruz human. Mm-hmm. Oh. I know, it's nice when we can actually lure people in to our April's home. Come to my home, <laughs> sit on my green couch. <laughs> We're not, yeah, well, and she brought us strawberries for us. I know, and they're mm-hmm. so yummy. Uh-huh. Instead of wine. Yeah. We've had plenty of We wine. have plenty of wine. We are drinking. Some wine. There's no problem in the wine department. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Ashley, tell us about yourself. You are doing some really, really amazingly awesome work. You're, uh, you have a very sensual essence to you. Like I see when you move and there you just elude the sexuality of you in this really beautiful way. And you're a mother. And I know that there's, these are not uh, usually, there's a social stigma around that about being a mom and being highly sexual. But tell us about your journey of where you got to where you are today. Mm, my journey. So let's see. I've always known that I've wanted to be a midwife since I was a little girl. Mm. And when I grew up, I got really into dancing and performance arts and just everything sensual and feminine and beautiful and wonderful and sexy. And then I got really into Tantra and then I became a mother. (laughs) (laughs) And then... And I felt like part of me died Mm -hmm. and it was really hard. Um, And then I developed this idea of bringing sex and motherhood together in a way to help other women reclaim their sensuality and their sensual sovereignty. Mm, That's the word. word. (laughs) Sovereignty, (laughs) yeah. Um, And here I am Mm -hmm. doing sex coaching Mm -hmm. as a mom. You Mm -hmm. mentioned before we started recording too, which I think is a really powerful statement that you felt that um, 
after like the preschool mentality what how did you word it you said that a lot of times oh yeah I said like in the birth world when you're a doula or a midwife or you know even like a childbirth educator you know there's kind of this stigma that you can't really be a sensual sexual being and you kind of have to be like a preschool teacher and you know be very conservative and there isn't a lot of room for sensual expression when it comes to pregnancy and birth, you kind of have to, you know, put a filter on yourself. You're At least, so right. That's yeah. so right. Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't feel authentic to me. Mm-hmm. And I know that women really benefit when they feel safe and free to express themselves when they're in labor. Um, from what I saw working as a doula and then later as an apprentice midwife. So, yeah, that's the taboo sex and birth yeah getting rid of it and i just want to say that uh ashley sent us this video that i just showed april oh yeah and it was about was it would you call an orgasmic birth video oh yeah no it's totally an orgasmic birth video it was was really cool it was badass this is coming from a human that doesn't want pregnancy or birth yeah the birth experience but i enjoyed watching that it brought tears to my eyes and i know (laughs) that most people think of birth as or probably maybe even pregnancy we actually just took a poll and asked um a lovely gentleman that was in here what he thought about pregnancy and he thought it was really hot aka my partner partner. (laughs) out him right now he said it's really hot he was telling us the ideal positions to have sex leg up from behind Uh uh-huh and then we also have heard that some um, people don't find it attractive, which I, I think it's really hard, Some especially people. if they're the partner. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I've definitely, I have, I've heard of that and I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I feel like that. Uh, what do you think is more common? I don't know because it's not really talked about yeah. that much, which is why I'm doing this work. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel when I speak with friends, um, my female bodied friends that have been pregnant in the past, I always ask those questions because I'm like, how's this sex? Because I, <laughs> she just gets in there. I'm a nosy little fucker. So I ask them and I swear it's, it's pretty much down the middle where people either are super horny or they're like, I hate my body right now. Yeah. I don't feel sexy. I don't want him to touch me. Like, just don't touch me. I'm like, interesting. So I guess, we should talk about this more. I don't yeah. want to shoot anyone, but we all, sh- you know, it's nice to have these conversations, mm-hmm. safe space. So, yeah. Well, and so that video that we watched, it was this two minute clip. So it was like the end of the labor and it's from the seventies. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty old school and it's just the most beautiful thing. This woman is just like in her power. She's not crowning. screaming. Yeah. Crowning. Crowning. Like crowning out of her. Yeah. Yeah. And she's not screaming and like punching things. And you know, the images that we usually give, like, you know, the history, hysterical woman who's in so much pain that she's miserable and angry that she's going through this process mm-hmm. and she's not drugged up because i asked that's I what was they like, show on drugs that's what they show in movies it's yeah, like yeah she's angry why did you did you did this to me uh-huh. you know, exactly that whole mentality this woman is just uh, like holding it down she is feeling you know pleasure she is she's stoked and, and her partner's there like caressing her, really, her belly yeah. and really like catching the baby and catching yeah. the, the baby yeah, yeah. yeah. and then the it baby was, was really in, nice and she's see. just in joy like pure right. joy you never see any sort of like the this this the idea that you should get like it looks miserable there's no misery there so and let anyways. it grow was playing in the background let it grow let it grow was that playing in the background <laughs> 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 I missed that just part yeah so anyways I just want to I want to kind of premise this podcast with that image for people who have never given birth or um, think of it as pregnancy and birth as what we're usually shown in media and that Mm -hmm. there's a lot of other um, experiences out there that Ashley's going to share with us so 
I, I just want to ask, um, can you tell us about sex during pregnancy specifically? Um, yeah. Especially, I guess, during the, the last trimester, because I'd imagine that is probably when it gets to be difficult, right? Um, and what, what do you think people, our listeners, should know? Well, it's different for every trimester. So in the beginning, when you first find out you're pregnant, you might feel pretty lousy. You might have morning sickness. You have hormonal fluctuations. um, And you might not feel like having sex as much as you have in the past. (laughs) Um, And then the second trimester, usually women are feeling their best and they're feeling all glowy and they don't really have a lot of those discomforts that come along with the third trimester when they're feeling bigger and heavier and, you know, their back hurts and their feet are swollen and heartburn and all that stuff. Um, And then the third trimester, the main issue is just getting comfortable with Mm -hmm. the positioning because there's a big belly to contend with. and you definitely have to get creative mm-hmm. and communicate with your partner about what you want. And there's also some issues with, you know, is it okay to have sex when you're pregnant? Like mm-hmm. a lot of people are worried, like what if there's bleeding? Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be kind of common for there to be bleeding during mm-hmm. sex. Um, it's not necessarily normal but it doesn't mean anything's wrong the cervix is a lot more friable which means it just has more vascularity to it and if it gets bumped it might bleed a little bit Mm -hmm. and that's okay Um, but if there's any kind of pain or abnormal bleeding I would definitely recommend checking in with your care provider making sure it's still okay to have sex Um, and then there's also other issues that might come along. But for the majority of women, they're having healthy, low-risk pregnancies. And sex is something that's good for you. Mm. It increases the bonding between you and your partner. It increases oxytocin. And orgasms tone the uterus to prepare for labor. Oh, Mm. there you go. And we want a toned uterus. So it's actually working out your uterus to prepare you for labor. And you're not going to poke the baby's head with the... Well, you will poke the baby's head. Oh, you will? Oh, yeah. Well, oh, I thought that was an urban myth. Wait, really? I mean, no, but not directly. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> Why does your kid have an indented head? I had a lot of sex on my last. I trimester. know. I mean, like it's on the other side of a cervix, so it makes sense. But like, you're not literally poking the eye out or anything. No, I mean, <laughs> the kid has a really flat head. You know why your parents were doing? But it's okay to. It's, it's okay. Out. They're they're protected in a bubble. Yeah, they're okay. They're okay. yeah. So it's totally fine. I mean, have you ever heard of a story about of sex actually hurting the pregnancy? Being, I mean, like pleasurable connected sex being a problem i have never heard of it being a problem there you go everyone bang it out (laughs) never heard of it being a problem yeah okay yeah Yeah. that's what that's what i assumed what about okay so i know that um that sex can also it can induce labor is that sex or is that the orgasm oh yeah good question oh it's both okay so it's like if you know if you knew that your due date was coming up Mm -hmm. is it a time to have a lot of sex i think you should have a lot of sex whenever you feel like it during (laughs) your pregnancy like all the time but if your due date is coming up i mean first of all due dates are not expiration dates (laughs) um you can go 42 weeks plus or minus in the state of california the laws are a little bit different with when they want to induce you but certainly if you're approaching 42 weeks and you want to get this baby moving um go get down in the bedroom with your partner Mm. and have some orgasms with ejaculation in your yoni Mm. nice and the 
I was going to say come. You can, can I say, say come? come I can say come. You can say whatever you want. This is yeah, uncensored. So, so the semen or the cum, yeah. um, it contains prostaglandins, which are hormonal precursors, which help soften and efface the cervix. Mm. So the cervix is the entrance of the womb, the uterus. And normally it's really firm, like the tip of your nose. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you guys know what your cervix feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Maybe the listeners don't. Cracks me yeah. up. So that's, and yeah. so it softens like, and becomes like your lobe of your ear? Like your lips. Oh, like your so lips. it starts to feel more like your lips mm. and it gets thinner and thinner and thinner as you get closer to labor. Mm. Yeah. And then and you start so dilating, right? So the semen right? helps with that thinning? Yeah, so the semen so. helps with the thinning and the softening and the opening of the cervix, mm-hmm. which then helps the baby drop down into the pelvis more. Everything gets all soft and oh. ready. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. All the penis owners are like, yes. Mm-hmm. I did that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> that, so and then also just an excuse to ejaculate inside. Yes, well, exactly. <laughs> and they should do it all the time during mm-hmm. pregnancy too, because the mm-hmm. oxytocin and the prolactin, those hormones, make you feel relaxed and calm and happy and bonded and connected. And those are things we want when we're preparing to become parents. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, in a partnership. I would imagine the absence of that, of of not having that, would be because you're saying it gives you all those things, especially with the connection piece. It would. Could mm-hmm. I, I mean I would almost say detrimental, but but could greatly affect um, the connection. I mean, it sounds like it's all a really important part of the process. Mm-hmm. God, see, sex does really wonderful things. Well, we're one of the only species that uses it to bond with our mate. No bonobos. Besides, got it. Yes. Um, so I I was unfamiliar with this before. Um, well, before now, before you're going to tell me, but about orgasmic birth. So I, obviously I watched the video, we watched it mm-hmm. together and that is considered an orgasmic birth. But can you tell us what is an orgasmic birth? What is that? Just It's just like a beautiful birth where there's no pain? Oh, there's pain. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. <Pain laughs> I, like, I want one of those births. I mean, I mean, there's been lots of books written on it and there's all sorts of stuff on the internet about what an orgasmic birth is. Um, I actually, have you seen the video of orgasmic birth? There's this woman in a tub and she's having an orgasm. Her name's Amber Hartnell. No. I actually met her once at a festival and she gave me this hug and it was just so juicy and wonderful. And that's just how she lives her life. So mm-hmm. it would make sense that she births that way. And when I was in labor, I was pissed off. I was mm-hmm. like, this is not orgasmic. This feels like shit. <laughs> I'm pissed. I was angry. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Um, but it just means accepting whatever sensation is coming to you and softening into it and surrendering into it. And when you do that, it transmutes the pain. Mm. So you kind of go beyond the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me, my favorite part of my birth was the crowning because it was just such an insane feeling. I was just dumbfounded. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> That's interesting feeling. Yeah, I've never <laughs> felt this before. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's so many nerve endings in the yoni. When the baby's head is, like, fully expanding that area, it's just, it can be blissful. It Mm -hmm. can be. I mean, some people are into fisting, you know? I mean, that's a pretty intense experience. Mm -hmm. And so certainly you can get pleasure from birthing your baby Mm -hmm. as well. Right. Well, and, yeah, and pain and pleasure, I think they're working on the same nerve receptors, right? Mm So it's pretty easy for them to... Uh, for you to turn pain into pleasure and vice versa with one another and and it's a a lot of it has to do with how you approach it you know how you actually uh experience or think about the experience too and if you 
you're going mm-hmm. into it, like, you know, this is pleasure. And like you said, surrender. I mean, that sounds like a big surrender, piece. Surrender, softening, yeah. accepting, mm-hmm. saying yes. Going yeah. with your body yeah. and what you're feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't fight it. If you're angry, just scream. Did you scream a lot? And oh, curse, yeah. People? I didn't curse people, oh, okay. but I was like pretty moaning I was very loud. Yeah. Did you have a home birth? Or did you do did you hospital birth? Or? I had a home birth oh, and nice. I transferred to the hospital for okay. a non-emergency reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually had a really traumatic hospital birth oh. um, with a lot of trauma. And that's why I also became an advocate and a birth activist because there's a huge part of this work that I do that has to do with um, overcoming trauma. And it's called obstetrical violence and birth rape. And this is going on in hospitals right now with women giving birth where they don't know what their rights are and they're being infringed upon. Mm. And so I became a birth activist after having my daughter in addition to that. I totally want to add to that. One of my, my my other best girl um, has had um, a baby about eight months ago. No, six months ago. And she was like set on home birthing and um, ended up having some complications, nothing super extreme, but her water kind of broke. And anyway, she ended up in the hospital. It was like the last thing that she wanted. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, is that they, the, the Western doctors, and for folks out there, this is, you know, all, all of, uh, I'm just reiterating the, um, the experiences that she had. And I'm not trying to form an opinion about anything. If you like hospital births, go for it. If you don't, do exactly. what's good for you. But um, things that she didn't realize is that the, people the doctors will just do things it's protocol without asking sometimes and you have to know your rights as a as a as a female as a as a soon-to-be mother because they will just do things or insist upon things because it's the norm and it's easy because they want you in and out they don't want you to be held up for nine days so she had to flex and ended up being in the hospital for like seven days and they want to induce because you know it was uh she was going to be premature about a month early. And so, um, there, I don't know, it was all of these things. So I just want to say that, um, no judgment, but knowing hospital rights, this is something so I think important for, for people to know. And I thought that when she was in the hospital, I was like, what? I didn't know that. I didn't know they would just do that without asking. So, wow. I'm happy that you talked about that. Cause I forgot. Yeah, that's so. It's a up. huge thing. It's so political. It is. Political. It's so political, and you know, I'm happy that hospitals exist and that Western medicine exists, um, especially as a student midwife, seeing all the stuff that can go wrong and knowing all the stuff that can go wrong. But why not work with prevention and prevent that stuff from happening in the first place, and educate women when they're younger and empower them so that they can make choices. And not everyone has to have a home birth, but at least if you're choosing to have a hospital birth, you can go into it knowing what your rights are and be supported by people that you choose, like a doula or your partner or yeah. and your provider. And can you a resource for our listeners out there that don't have access to maybe someone that has this information? Because I feel like that's really important. Can they She's contact co- you? Is her a coaching gig? Yes. Because yeah. So yes. that's, that's yeah. exactly. I would do that in a heartbeat if I mm-hmm. was pregnant right now or thinking about getting pregnant because I want to know my rights yeah. as a human. And what I, like the steps of what you should just not well, do or try to avoid until you have to, until mm-hmm. it really is life or death. It was but, really dynamic and complex too. So, I mean, and, so I, and I know, so yeah, I mean, I and I know that sometimes there's like certain hospitals that are known to be better than other exactly. ones. But I mean, even in there still, I'm sure things still happen, right? So there's mm-hmm. just so, so much. Isn't there a movie business, The Business of Birthing? Yeah, it's called The Business of Being Born. Oh, Business of Being Born. And it's a great gateway movie yeah. to okay. women who are wanting to learn more about 
birth mm-hmm. and their rights okay. and I the hospital industrial system. Of, yeah. It's oh God, of, yeah. That's what it's called. Oh my God. It's always, well, they're yeah. businesses. It's a they business. It's a business. They're for yeah. profit. So yeah. we don't live in a socialist just like pr- society. Just like prisons, prisons it's and hospitals. For profit. Freaking, there you man. go. Yeah. Me. Turn and burn them. And that being said, I've also seen beautiful hospital births yeah. attended by doulas and you know, midwives and even obstetricians who are really supportive of women owning their experience. And I have seen beautiful orgasmic looking hospital birth videos on Mm. YouTube. So it is possible. It just comes down to the woman being self-directed and knowing that she wants that experience for herself. Mm. Right. Well, and I would imagine that having a doula or midwife there in the hospital, that's probably helpful for like the woman who is giving, giving birth she might not be able to make all the decisions right in that moment, right? So having someone else that can speak for her and advocate for her who's not the one in labor is probably really helpful. A good midwife, yeah. yeah. Or in a doula, yeah. Yeah, in a doula, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's tricky though, the language, because the doula is we can't really tell the provider what oh. to do. Can you just whisper in, her, in the woman's we ear? We whisper <laughs> in the woman's ear or we whisper in the partner's ear yeah. or you know, we do a lot of informational, educational, you know, background before mm-hmm. we even go into the hospital working with the couple and you know really educating them on how to go about getting their needs met mm-hmm. so okay. that if the doctor is picking up some scissors to cut an episiotomy the partner knows to go oh hey we don't want that that's when they cut the um the area that i learned this because i walked I, I, well i a lot of my friends have kids <laughs> oh, and there yeah. was a book at my friend's house and i was like oh my god it's like the most commonly um uh, it's um, the most commonly done procedure that isn't necessary because it's yep. so they cut what is the area it's not the perineum the, it is the yeah. perineum yes it's the perineum like and it's called an episiotomy but um this midwife she wrote this textbook and fry it's like the textbook for all the midwives she calls it a clitorotomy or a clitorectomy because uh. it's actually cutting through the nerve endings of the clitoris because you know it extends yeah. down right? like a wishbone uh. so yeah. it actually Affects cuts the clitoris. Off the, yeah. <gasps> mm-hmm. God. No episiotomy. No episiotomy. Your body and my friend as well. And I'm sorry to get a little off topic. She also said like humans will grow the baby that they are able to have. A lot of times, uh, like if you're, um, you know, a smaller human, you'll probably grow a smaller human. Larger humans will grow larger humans, but your body will be able to process this baby typically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes. it can come out of you. Exactly. Which is why C-sections, you know, unless there's complications. Yeah. And I want to speak to that because that's something I'm super passionate about is positioning of the baby. So most of the time they say the baby's head is too big. That's like 1% of all cases where the head is actually in disproportion to the bony pelvis and can't fit through. Most of the time it is a positional issue where the baby's head isn't tucked down all the way so the diameter of the skull that's fitting through isn't really like lining up Mm -hmm. um so that all comes down to your lifestyle when you're pregnant how active are you are your muscles all balanced how healthy is your pelvic floor is it dynamic is it responsive is it moving with you because all those things are a factor towards having the baby fit 
right mm-hmm. down in there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so in those cases, they would have just gone C-section and when they were like, oh, it's the head's too big and you can't fit through here, so we're going to cut you open instead. And, or is that when they do the episiotomy thing? Episiotomy. No, I think po- usually, yeah. the, usually if the baby's like breech, I believe they do the C-sections a lot. Or well, if there's like high-risk pregnancies. It depends on where you live. Okay. So in California... Most of the time, if the baby is breached, which means that the butt is down, not the head, um, the practitioners are losing the art of skilled vaginal breath, breach birth. So they'll just go straight to a C-section because it's less liability for them. They can just be like, oh, we're just going to do that oh, instead. Yeah, but in Oregon, for example, midwives can deliver or catch. I don't like to say deliver, you know, because pizzas are delivered and babies are born, (laughs) but I still catch myself doing it. But language is so important in transforming this Mm -hmm. paradigm of birth. So Mm -hmm. when the babies are born, Mm -hmm. that's what I meant to say. Mm -hmm. They're birthed like a ship, like a vessel. Yeah, right? the woman births the baby. You know, yeah. the doctor doesn't deliver the baby. No. The woman births the baby. Right, I just, and that's that, what it's all about. That's interesting that it, they made it about the doctor. Yeah. Ah. They even made that bed about the doctor with the stirrups and the... And you know that was all high. male doctors back in, mm-hmm. when that was happening. A tampon was invented by a man. Everything uh, is named after a the man. G the G-spot. G spot. Yeah, the Bartholin's gland, Skeen's gland, all dudes. What about the A-spot? The only Some thing dude. named <laughs> after a woman is the Gaskin Maneuver. What's that? Ina Mae Gaskin. She's this old school midwife. And it's this maneuver to resolve a shoulder dystocia, which is a complication where the shoulders kind of get a little sticky Mm -hmm. and stuck. But that's the only one that I know of named after a woman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jeez. Let's change that. Let's give it all new names. Taking back birth. I'm going to call my G spot the... Sacred spot. Sacred. There you go. Yeah. That's what we call it. (laughs) I know that some women come up with that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, sexual trauma and shame and how it affects pre- pregnancy and birth because I know we are a shameless sex podcast. So whether it's previous sexual trauma or shame or um, maybe you're talking about the stuff that actually comes from from an actual birthing mm-hmm. process, um, what are your thoughts on that and how it affects everything? It affects everything. <laughs> Those are my thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and ideally, you know, we're going to work on it prenatally or before you even get pregnant so that it's not a huge mountain to climb over while you're pregnant. Um, but if I am working with a woman in the past who has sexual abuse in their history, I encourage them to really reach out to all the resources that are available while they're pregnant to you know, resolve it. And um, EMDR can be really helpful, mm-hmm. somatic therapy, anything that moves the body because the trauma gets stuck in the body mm-hmm. and then it comes out during the birth and it can come in the form of a woman not being able to release and let go. And they just stay at like a three centimeters for, for days and days and days. Oh, I didn't wow. think about that, mm-hmm. that that would affect. Yeah, of mm-hmm. course, that makes perfect sense. Like mm-hmm. the tightness of, of having sexual trauma in this part of your body just kind of like clamping down mm-hmm. would have totally affect birthing. I didn't think yeah, and birthing is, it is sexual. I mean, you know a woman is in active labor when she rips off all her clothes mm-hmm. and she's naked and she's roaring around the room. So in order to have a physiological birth, which is what people call a natural birth, you've got to be comfortable being naked mm-hmm. in front of people. Yeah, It's um, very vulnerable. And it's very vulnerable. Yeah. And, you know, vulnerability is a really great thing during labor. Um, 
but you have to be able to get there and feel safe. And mm. so it's very triggering, you know, for example, if someone's coming in to check, I'm doing quotations, air quotations, mm. <laughs> check your cervix during labor and you have a history of sexual abuse or trauma and they're not asking permission oh, yeah. and they're just coming in like, I'm going to check you now. I mean, That's it's a so vaginal exam. It's very intrusive. Yes. So you got to know your rights and have someone to really advocate for you, especially if you're in a setting that's not a you know midwifery model of care. And as midwives, we're with women. It's a one-to-one relationship. There's trust that's built that entire pregnancy. And so by the time they go into labor, um, it's like we're sisters or we're we have this very tight bond, you know, and there's yeah. trust there. But when you go into the hospital, not to say that you can't have that. It's just most of the time there's an on-call schedule. It's clinical. You don't know who you're going to get. And it's clinical. And you're, the nurses are on rotation. And yeah, they're so sweet. There's so many amazing care providers, especially in this town. I want to shout out to you know the nurses at Sutter. And mm-hmm. they're wonderful. But there still is room for improvement right. when it comes to asking for consent. Like consent still applies to birth. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't get thrown out the window. We have everyone. a friend mm-hmm. that is um, in working in the labor and delivery, right? Yeah. We should talk about consent with her. Bakersfield. In Bakersfield, yeah. And it's highly traumatizing. Yeah, she has I mean, a lot of very she interesting experiences. She doesn't have a lot of wonderful stories to share, that's for sure. But it's more so about the demographic that the hospital is working with. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of drug addiction and things that are happening there and it's just affecting the birthing process, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like I like what you said that I, I can't believe I didn't even think about that, though, that, you know, if you have trauma and shame before you go into birthing process, that's something to work on with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, really important to not just dive right into something that could potentially add more trauma uh, to probably, you know, just more more scary stuff mm-hmm. on your body. So that's important. If, if some, if maybe there's a listener out there right now that isn't pregnant or that is, or planning on being pregnant later that has sexual trauma. And it's important to go in and, and, um, seek some, some, um, assistance from a, a licensed professional and take care of that because that is a, a beautiful point that, that, um, yeah. that even Amy didn't think of, which no, I like when you get stumped. I don't up. do a lot of work around pregnancy. I'm like, <laughs> oh, pregnancy? Put, uh, Here's Ashley's number. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to send you to Ashley. Yes. Yeah, yeah. send them to me. Yeah, send them to Ashley. She'll take care of this. So um, shifting topics a little bit in a playful way, um, nipples. Let's talk about the nipples. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's always... Uh, people always grab my nipple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, said that. you had to touch them. So yeah. I call it the dark skin sometimes because it is my dark skin. You call your nipples the dark skin? Yeah. <laughs> like the dark side? But it's yeah. Like, is that a Star Wars it's like things? the dark meat in chicken when you get the white meat or the dark meat. Will you touch the dark skin, please? Yeah, can I have the dark skin? Speaking of, nipples change a lot when you're pregnant. Oh, do they? They turn super dark. Do they get really oh, hairy? Mm, it depends on the person. <laughs> I didn't know hair was a thing. Yeah, I think people, I think some they of get my friends told me. The areolas, the areolas everything kind of gets bigger, They get right? really dark, so okay. they can be like a bullseye. So when the baby comes <gasps> out, they see contrast really well, oh, and they no can way. locate the nipple so mm-hmm. that they can breastfeed and survive. That's does, does so it stay cool. dark forever? They fade, unfortunately. Uh, I really liked mine, but yeah. yeah. Well, I, I feel like nipples. mine are getting darker, but because I've been laying out topless a lot, so That's maybe it's they're getting tan nipples. So, so does nipple stimulation play into birthing? Does it play into all of it? Can you can you actually trigger um, the labor with? I mean, what, tell us about nipples. Nipples are magical. Areolas, <laughs> areolas. Yeah, nipples are magical. Um, so 
When you stimulate the nipples, it stimulates the uterus. And I don't know if you guys have this experience during sex, but I personally really like nipple stimulation. It kind of sends me over the edge. Um, the same thing happens when you stimulate a woman's nipples who's pregnant. And she can do it herself or her partner can do it. Or she can ask someone, like a friend. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, can you fluff someone, me, yeah. please? Can you please but it gets fluff the, me? I'd fluff you, too. It's just nibbles. Yeah, yeah it's just nibbles. So it's not going to send you into labor if you're not already in labor. So it's totally safe to do nipple play when you're pregnant. If that's your thing, go for it. Um, but when you're in labor, if your contractions are kind of dying down and things are spacing out and you're getting tired and you want to just kind of get things going, or if you're obstetrician or your midwife is like oh i don't know maybe we should go start some pitocin and augment the labor to get it going you can do nipple stimulation either with a breast pump or just manually and it will stimulate contraction vibrator that's a great a topic vibrator. <laughs> yes vibrator so on the nipples or just well not on the nipples but for nursing but, too doesn't vibration really help stimulate and you can tell me if i'm wrong but i've told my friend this that had a baby and she swears that it helped her nurse a vibrator first, on the breast you put like the leia spot by fun factory have you ever seen that because it's kind of cut <laughs> i've so never curves. heard of that before so she said it helps because we had done some research when i worked with fun factory on this whole topic and i obviously can't attest to it because i'm not a pregnant woman but she my my friend is like i will write you a fucking testimonial that shit <laughs> saved my nursing of my son and now she uses it again and she gives it to all of her friends that are having babies she's like this will save your nursing experience so maybe also i could give you one if i had one well is this, so is this i have a gently used is, version i'm just kidding <laughs> you're essentially saying is breast massage helps to produce milk That's breast terrible. massage it probably helps with the letdown so letdown is when you're breasts actually release the milk okay so it might help like relax everything in there i know that heat definitely helps okay and just having your baby suck on them constantly yeah. helps so okay. maybe a, we should design a vibrator that's hot and Don't tell everyone oh, sorry. it probably jiggles everything around because you yeah. know there is this lactation technique if the milk is kind of stuck in there you jiggle your boob so oh, and lean over could really so help. maybe you're onto something well my friend was yeah. by it she will she li- lives in austin <laughs> she listens to the podcast i'm, she, I'm gonna tell her right that's what they just like clip two things just hang out and it feels good yeah well yeah. someone needs to invent like a pleasurable breast pump uh, because they're uh, horrible they're like these robotic torture devices they look really <gasps> and they're weird. so loud like, maybe you should invent a really nice like heated okay. vibrating breast pump that That's doesn't a, sound like vibrating a, a robot breast pump that actually does sound quite like a vacation for your nipples yes and then like the, a nipple spa. and then all the fet- like fetish folks would like to use yes, it too exactly yeah, exactly <laughs> not, not even for people who just have babies yeah mm-hmm. um i just had a realization um this is gonna be a, a vulnerable share so everyone knows i had an abortion um not everyone if you just tuned in you just found out but it was a while ago and um so okay interesting before I had this abortion, I had abortion. I got pregnant on the IUD. Everyone, I was, I had birth control. Um, but before that, I was not a nipple person for most of my life. And then a year before I got pregnant on accident, um, someone in a somatica exercise was touching my nipples, like around the areola or over my clothes, and it totally activated them because. I think it was just a matter of like the person was like this woman that was sitting on top of me and then and also my clothes was there. So it made it so that it wasn't overstimulating, which is what it's been my whole life. And all of a sudden my nipples were activated. So then I was like, wow, I have three clits. I have two nipples and a and a clit. And mm. and so when when my nipples would be touched for like a year, year and a half, it would feel amazing. But when I had the abortion, 
it went away. They turned off. And uh, that's interesting what you said about that it's connected to the uterus mm-hmm. because the abortion was highly traumatic for my uterus. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the whole, the whole process was just like, I mean, it's not a, not a fun one. And, um, and so that's like a total aha moment of like, oh, that's, I'm, I'm totally working on getting them back, but it's been a journey. I'm like, I want that back. Mm-hmm. So yeah, wow. I think it's, but I think part of it is I w- always thought it was just like re-stimulating the nipples to get it back, but I think part of that is also healing the trauma. Of the yeah, uterus. the womb. Yeah, healing the womb. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just had a light bulb go off. Yeah, you got two now, two <laughs> light bulbs. I'm learning so much. That's, I'm not even pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> and I had an opposite experience. Like I had no sensation before I had my daughter, and now after, it's like. Yeah, three clits. Yeah, nipples are alive. I don't have yeah, a lot of nipple sensation. I want to, but it just doesn't do let's, a lot for me. Let's get your pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, I'll get right on that. Um, so, okay, so we have we we spoke a lot about obviously sex during pregnancy, but then you know there's the after pregnancy scenario, which is oh, hard yeah. for so many people. And you're a mom, so you can definitely probably talk about this in depth. I know from my friends that obviously have kids like sleeping schedules and all of it make things complicated, but your body's changing. And I don't know, what does it look like? Like what, what, what should people know? People should know to go very slow and lube up a lot. That's mm-hmm. the short and sweet advice. Yeah. That's what um, we talk about all the time. Slow, 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 slow. Uber lube. Um, but some other advice it might sound a little pessimistic, but just accept that it's going to be different for about two to three years Uh until your child is a little bit more independent and old enough. So finding other ways to be intimate toys, sex toys, not penetrative sex, non penetrative sex, cuddling, Mm -hmm. deep conversations, walk, walks on the beach. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many other ways to be intimate besides penetrative sex. Mm -hmm. Totally. And especially if you've had a traumatic birth, um, that possibly has some scar tissue, either from a C-section or from having a tear mm-hmm. or from having an episiotomy, there's going to need to be some healing in that area, both you know energetically and physically. So introducing things like yoni massage, mm-hmm. you know, where the partner, the non-pregnant you know pregnant partner is giving the postpartum partner a massage that doesn't have any expectation of penetrative sex mm-hmm. in the end that can be really healing for people because I think a lot of the time when you're a mom you have so many expectations on you like you have to give all your time and attention and love to this baby and to your partner and keep your house clean and have your job and all these things so the last thing that you want is your partner hounding you for sex when you're in the kitchen washing dishes mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so just give to the woman and that's give like to her such a, just a shout out to all the mothers out there. I have a mad respect, especially working moms, but I know non-working moms too. I have the largest job of anyone. Like when you have the stay at home moms or dads or whoever, like that's the toughest job you'll ever do. And you don't get paid. You don't get rewarded and no one's telling you good job. You're amazing. You just have a little fucker screaming at you. <laughs> being like, I want more marriage. 
April's perspective. Yeah, I mean it is, but I'm saying well, it's like, the truth. Right? Yeah. But it's it is so the truth. And I just have mad respect. So shout out to all of you mothers out there, Ashley, to you as well. Waiting you. And it's often not looked at. The, uh, I think I have heard that there's like this resentment that happens when so there's two partners. There's the one that had the baby and the, and the other one who did not, and the other one is working, going to work, and they have to work from you know eight to five, and they come home, and then the other one that had the baby, you know, had a long fucking day too. But for some reason, the other person that actually has the day job thinks that they're the only ones working. Mm-hmm. And, and exactly. so this happens often. There's like this yes. thing, missing link. It is link. so common. That's the thing. And I think there's just, I mean, for one, it's a huge societal issue. We don't live in tribes anymore. We live in these mm. nuclear families and there's so much expectation on partners to be everything for each other. So that's a whole nother conversation. Mm. Um, but just asking for help arranging for help, paying for help, getting family to help. I mean, we need all the help we can get. Yeah. It's after true. having babies. Yeah. Hire yourself yeah. a cleaning lady, you moms at home. Not, maybe it was not a lady. I know, sorry. Cleaning person. Cleaning I'm person. Just <laughs> my, my person who, actually, it's her and her husband. They do a great job. Cleaning people. Cleaning people. Cleaning folks. Cleaning folks. Yes. <laughs> Hire a cleaning person. And go out on a date. Yeah, go out go on dates. a date. That's what we once said. Once a had, week, we've had those questions. You probably have heard the people who say, you know, what about uh, what for sex when after after you have a baby? How do we find time? And so we're like, can you hire a babysitter, even if it's just for like two hours, or if you can't afford that, you go to the someone. tea house. Yeah, just or just find <laughs> someone to watch. Yeah, your your child for yeah. two. I think a lot of people have a hard time leaving there baby well, too. Oh, yeah. Care.com, it's though, that does full background checks yep. and they're actually, you get referrals, you can meet the people and kind of interview them. They have different price ranges of what mm-hmm. you get. Some people will actually clean for you. Some people do your laundry while you're out and about at movie night. So there's options. This day and age, I feel like it would probably be the best rather than when I was babysitting at 11. You, y'all trusted me with your kids <laughs> at 11. I did a great job though. Um, but I just saying like there are options and you can find, you know, your 90 year old nanny or your 16 year old babysitter, whatever. You yes. Need. Get a nanny. Yeah. Or ask family. I mean, my sister just had a baby. She has a seven week old baby and she gave her baby to my mom and went away for the whole weekend Whoa. with her husband. Wow. And I was like, how could you do that? Yeah, but yeah. she had a great time. Yeah. And, I wish I probably would have done that when I was married and new mom. It would have helped. Self-care stuff. Yes, self-care stuff. Because it is really, you're a human being. You need to focus on the things that help you feel alive. So, Well, Mm -hmm. and that's the thing, too. If the parents are depleted, then that's how they're going to show up for their their child rearing, right? They're yeah. going to show up in that way. So it's important for the parents. And of course, they're still going to be depleted because they have a baby. Yeah. But it's important for them to do whatever they can to, in my opinion, for them to, to stay um, in their healthiest capacity possible. And also, uh, I like the theory that I've heard, not theory, but idea concept of, because um, a lot of times what happens is when they, when they have a, a child, um, one or both of them all of a sudden make the child a priority, not the relationship. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can be a single parent too. I'm not saying that that parenting has to happen in you know two people. Um, and I think that if you are in a partnership, to e- put that equal as you know raising the child and the connection between the parents, so that you can again, because that would just help your ability to show up for your kid. Exactly. So it's just not what, how people operate. Yeah. No, people don't operate that way. Modern day society. I know. 
Um, so what are, what are your so what are your top tips for new parents? So you, I mean, you name some things here too, but for if they're finding if they're having a hard time finding time for sex and intimacy, like what do you have anything else other than we like you know we'll find a babysitter or um, have someone that to help and step in? But are there any other like secrets or tricks that you know of <laughs> that we don't know? Um, Learn how to do a cartwheel. No. Put yeah. a uh, put a show on the iPad and go in the shower. Yeah, oh, there I you mean, go. Yeah, that oh, that always works. Oh, shower sex. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the bathroom is generally a private place and kids understand uh-huh. that some of them understand anyways yeah. um and also just you know aside from like being in the partnership just a woman finding her sexuality again like do things for you like find something that really fills you up because sexual energy is creative energy it's the same exact thing so for me i was so depleted by the time my daughter was two and a half i had no energy to do anything and then I started listening to audiobooks, and it was like the one thing I had for myself was to listen to books because I couldn't read because I'd get interrupted and I had to like be doing the dishes or whatever. Um, so find something for you that mm. fills you up. Um, and then eventually it'll come back because the more you access that sexual creative energy, the more that you have mm. to give. Mm-hmm. And we need women that are fully filled up so they can give and they can create amazing humans on the planet because that's what we need is humans that are have a full capacity to love and be bonded and communicate yeah yeah what so what and last question here that i have on that same topic or similar topic that you said about after when when um when women actually lose their their sexual essence because they you know they go into mommy mode and then they also had this experience where a lot of a lot of times when they're pregnant they kind of turn off sexuality at times this isn't everyone mm-hmm. but this does happen um do you have any good tips for people to regain that uh to, to come back into their ultimate sexual selves yeah. oh yeah That's juicy. <laughs> oh yeah so so this is actually a really great question. So last night I was at this party and all my friends were there and a lot of them are moms. And I'm just looking around at all these beautiful embodied women. And I'm like, this is what I want everyone to feel like. Mm-hmm. Like they all have kids, young kids. And a lot of them are into dance and like embodied movement practices, you know. So that's not the norm though. So I would recommend doing something like dance, like the S factor. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna, yeah. Steel and Grace Grace Pole Studio in Santa Cruz. Go see Elise. Oh my goodness. She's amazing. Um, Yeah. Pole dancing classes, yoga classes. If you're just feeling like you're not really ready to go there yet, just move your body. Find something that feels good to you. Yeah. That's really good advice. I think that that is the thing. The biggest thing is that when at least in my experience, when um, my sexual essence gets turns turned down, it's because as I I kind of leave my body and go in my head, mm-hmm. and then that's probably part of that process uh, that's happening to women is there becomes a disconnect. Like there's my body doing one thing, my head doing another, and I'm going to disconnect from this part because the body because it, there's a lot going on. There's really intense, and then especially through pregnancy, which April and I've been really careful to call it a trauma on the body, but it. It is a, I mean, can be a traumatic process for a lot of people. Oh, I mean, it is, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. It is a trauma on the body. It's a being exiting your yoni vagina. It's probably, yeah. I mean, I can't (laughs) even imagine just even watching the videos. I'm like, holy shit. Like our body can do that. Uh Yeah. That's amazing. It's amazing. P.S. Like growing a human inside of your body and birthing this thing. I mean, there's nothing in my opinion that, 
uh, humans can do that is yes, more incredible than that. Exactly. And really. like, look at that as a, an empowering experience. Like your body did that. Your vagina got so big that a baby came out, came out of it, you know, and mm-hmm. men, you know, they like to brag about their dick size. Women be proud of how much you opened. Oh yeah. And clo- and then, and then got smaller. Yeah. Cause it goes back. It yeah. goes exactly. back. And go to a pelvic floor physical therapist yes. if you need it because, yeah. uh, and we did an episode with, I know Sarah I listened to it. So go to Sarah. She did just have a baby. Yeah. So shout out to you, Sarah, if you're at home listening to this nursing right now, yeah, we can hear your breast pump. Yeah. We're trying to design a better one for you. Yeah, we are. You, so, and we have some audio clips too of birthing. Do we not have that? I can edit this part out. We don't. I mean, I have, them but okay. i wanted to compare them to orgasm noises and uh, i couldn't find them okay so maybe you could play them like after and just edit it together to compare them back and forth because i just wanted to make a point that birthing noises and sex noises are really similar oh, there so go. there so there's audio clips yeah. there's going to be birthing and there's audio clips that are going to be sex mm-hmm. and then we're going to compare them yeah like and play like and six maybe them, we could like do back a, and forth. a quiz like what's which what which one is which Ooh, like, like you could fun. quiz her like you could yeah. play them and then ask that'd her that would be really fun that would be really fun that sounds like a good time I put my Libra clips in there too. oh, oh sweet yeah. Yeah. Okay, like, we're which play one with is these. Ashley yeah. <laughs> yeah we're gonna play with these okay so I like this idea this was awesome um, but we're not done yet because uh, I know that listeners out there are going to be pumped up and probably want to work with you. So how can they? And do you have any upcoming workshops, events happening? Please share. I do. I do. I would love to work with, with all of you out there if you want to. Um, <laughs> Consensually. You want to. <laughs> Consensually. Um, so yeah, I have a retreat for moms coming up. It is just a day-long retreat and it's on August 4th. And it's from 10 in the morning to 7 at night. So it fits nicely in any new mom's schedule. You don't have to commit to overnight. And I teach a pelvic floor and core um, modality that I call radiant core. Mm. And it works with embodiment and your breath and just retraining yourself how to connect with your pelvic floor especially after having a baby for moms. It's a big thing. So mm-hmm. we're going to be doing that and hanging out at this beautiful mountain retreat center by the pool Ooh, and taking nice. yoga classes. And it's going to be great. Um, and I also have coaching packages that I offer. So you can check out my website for more on that. Is all of this information on your website? It's Adam? all on my oh, website. Perfect. And yeah. people can sign up for the workshop on your website. Mm-hmm. And it's August 4th. It's August perfect. 4th, so, it's so you're getting enough up. time out there. And the yeah. website's ashleyshockd.com. Ashleyshockd.com. And I think you mentioned there aren't a lot of spots available. So if you're on, the, if you're listening to this podcast and you're interested, sign up for Ashley's workshop. And you do coaching mm-hmm. with people online too, or just in person? I do it online oh, mostly. Yeah, anyone? I awesome. do it online, so anyone can contact me. I also do birth consulting. So oh. April, like you said, you were wanting to know if I could be a resource. Absolutely, they can go to my website, they can email me, and I can do consultations for people who are wanting to know more about their options. Dude, that's so important for people that want maybe want to do home births or want to do a hospital birth but don't know their rights. I, I honestly think that that really um, t- it really tugs at my my heart course because p- information, the power of information, mm-hmm. the folks that are listening to this podcast obviously want information. So um, knowledge is power, folks. Because knowledge is power. That's it right. Is. So anything else you want to add? I think that's it. I learned so many things. I mean, I even got two light bulbs and I'm not even, I don't even have a child. (laughs) I got a couple of light bulbs too. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) They're the Edison style bulbs. They're old school. school. (laughs) So Ashley, um, it was wonderful meeting you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so happy to meet you finally. I know. I know you and Amy had already had a, 
um, some experience with each other, right, from before. And yeah. I was like, who's Ashley? She sounds great. I checked out your website. I was like, oh, she's beautiful. I love the work she's doing. So oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, you should go look. We're going to have some. You know, have some, there's, some uh, there's a photo of you that's actually of you naked. Just I have saying. some naked look photos. Look at that one. Know. Okay, that's going to go. Um, go. So we'll go to Pure Pleasures. <laughs> not Pure Pleasure. Wrong <laughs> shop. Go to uh, Shameless Sex's Instagram. Uh, and you can see some photos of Ashley. We're not saying just for her nakedness, but she's gorgeous. And that lastly, <laughs> if you want to check out all of Ashley's um, information she just gave or want to take her workshop, go to ashleyshakti.com. And it is A-S-A... How do you spell it? A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-H-A-K-T-I.com. Thank you. Shakti. Shakti tongue twister. All right, y'all. it is. We hope you enjoyed the show today. We heart and love each and every one of you thanks for tuning in we'll see you next tuesday y'all ciao for now don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more and for 15 percent off of some of our favorite sex toys use coupon code shamelesspp in all caps at purepleasureshop.com